0: Hey grown-ups, before we start the podcast, I want to talk to you about keeping things in perspective and remembering, you know, sometimes we just have to laugh it off. We need that. Life is full of grown-up choices and it can be a lot. So it's important to keep things in perspective and have a sense of humor. That's why I created Grown-Up Gear. It is super fun merch to celebrate adulting. T-shirts, sweats, mugs, I even have kitchen aprons for cooking. It lets everyone know that you are a grown-up. Or at least a grown up in progress, or at least you know someone who's a grown up. We even have the cutest baby gear from onesies to bibs that say things like, I can't believe you are the grown up. The best gifts for new parents, birthdays, engagements, graduation, pretty much any occasion, even a great gift for yourself. Check it all out at grownupgear.com.
1: Oftentimes, when we're in that blah place, we start to go into fantasy land of, oh, I think I want to do a different job in a different industry in a different country, which isn't really very practical most of the time.
0: You're listening to Money Tips for Financial Grown-Ups with me, Certified Financial Planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial grown And you know what? When it comes to money, being a grown-up is hard, but together... We got this. Welcome, grown ups. Very excited to share the second in our grown-up career mini-series that started last week with Deborah Wheatman of Careers Done Right. This week, I'm so excited to share my interview with bestselling author and host of the Disrupt Yourself podcast, Whitney Johnson. So I invited Whitney back to the podcast because she has a new book out. It's her fourth one, guys. That's a lot. It's called Smart Growth. Whitney is a force in the career and workplace advisor space. She has 1.8 million followers on LinkedIn, 1.8 million. Maybe by the time this comes out, it's going to be 2 million Oh my gosh. She also was selected as a top voice in 2020 at LinkedIn and her course on fundamentals of entrepreneurship has been viewed more than 1 million times. In our interview, we talked about something that is front and center for a lot of us and good for you if it's not, but I don't know. Anyway, good for you. But for me, it is the career blahs, especially as I've said, as we enter year three of this pandemic. Oh, gosh. Hang in there, guys. Here is Whitney Johnson. Hey, Whitney Johnson, you're a financial grown up. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Oh, Bobby, I'm so happy to be here.
0: Well, I asked you back
1: because you have
0: your number four book, Smart Growth How to Grow Your People to Grow Your Company. You're going to be talking to us about the work Blas, so we're going to get to that in a minute. But before we do that, tell me about this book and, um, gosh, writing a book on a pandemic. My goodness.
1: Well, I think it's the best time to write a book because you have focused time and you're not traveling. But here is what it's about. I've written three books prior to that, and the last two, one was called Disrupt Yourself. The second one was called Build an A Team. And in those books, I had something called the S-curve of Learning, kind of in the background. It was a supporting actor. And people kept looking at it and calling it out and saying, let's talk about it. And basically what it does is it gives you this simple visual model of what growth looks like, of what it feels like. It was always in the background. I said, we need to write a book so that people can have this front and center and understand, okay, now I have this way to think about the emotional arc of growth. So that's what this book is about, is giving people a map to grow.
0: And we all want to grow, but the truth is, as I kind of said, you could hear it in my voice at the beginning of this interview, it's really hard. We're going on year three here. A lot of us have the blahs when it comes to work. And that is something that you do address in the book, Smart Growth. <laughs> Tell us, first of all, I mean, how common is it? It's And we kind of think, whatever level we're at, that it's kind of just us. Even the biggest bosses get this. I mean, you know some VIPs, yeah. and they yeah. definitely get the workplace blahs.
1: Yeah. So the reason you get the blahs is I want you to picture an S in your mind, and you can draw it with your hand, sort of left to right, a line where you get the launch point. And that's where you start something brand new, and you don't know what you're doing, and you're trying to figure it out, and it's overwhelming and exhilarating, and all those important things and growth initially feels very slow, even though it's fast, but then you put in the effort and you accelerate into what I call a sweet spot. And this is the place where it's exciting and exhilarating. And it's hard, but not too hard, easy, but not too easy. And this is the place where growth not only is fast, it feels fast, but then, and now we're coming to the blahs, you get into mastery and mastery is this place where you're, I'm at the top of the mountain. I am the king or queen of the mountain. But the problem is, is that because you have figured it all out, you're no longer learning, you're no longer enjoying the feel good effects of learning, you can get bored. And so if you don't do something new, you're going to either potentially self sabotage, you're going to get complacent or have to go somewhere else. And so enter the blahs, this feeling of I'm really good at this, but I feel like I can no longer do it so
0: relevant these days and something I think so many of us feel so often. So how do we know where we are on that S curve? Because I think you can get the blahs at many different stages. And then how do we get out of the blahs, especially Mm -hmm. when it feels like we're just sort of home alone. And there's a very thin line between, you know, sort of like, Ooh, we have our privacy, but then it's a lot of isolation. So, you know, you're kind of put on a big face when you have that zoom meeting, maybe even turn the camera off these days more and more. And then you get off that and you're just still
1: home, Mm -hmm. blah,
0: blah, blah.
1: It's an interesting predicament. What I would say is that when you're on an S-curve of learning and you're at the launch point, you don't always know, is this the fact that it's the wrong S-curve and therefore the blahs? Or if it's the right S-curve, but you just don't have momentum yet, and you need to persist. And so one of the things you want to do when you're at that launch point is ask yourself questions like, is this something that I is in sync with my identity, in sync with my values, in sync with my why, and maybe I'm just burned out. Because I think the blahs right now can also be, I'm just burned out, and I need a rest, I need a break. But if all those questions are, yes, I actually really like doing this, but I just need a break, then you want to stay on this curve and find a way to rest and reflect. And there's a wonderful quote by uh, Tiffany Schlain, who wrote a book called Twenty Four Six, And she says, what if we thought of rest as technology? Because the promise of technology is it makes our life more efficient and more productive. And if we're willing to rest, that will also make our life more efficient and more productive.
0: Do you have any practical tips to kind of decide where do you even begin? Start
1: assessing what do I like about what I'm doing currently? Um, Mm -hmm. There's going to be lots of things that you do actually like. And what don't I like? Start having lots and lots of conversations with people about what do I do well? What are my superpowers? What do people compliment you on? Because in those compliments, there are going to be lots and lots of clues to what you do well and what you might want to do next. Oftentimes, when we're in that blah place, we start to go into fantasy land of, oh, I think I want to do a different job in a different industry in a different country, which isn't really very practical most of the time. And so you want to initially say, well, okay, if I've been a CFO for a really long time and I'm tired of being a CFO and I want to do something different, how about if I go be a CFO in a different town or maybe I work as a CFO part-time so that I can still put food on the table, but I can think about what else I might want to do, maybe working with startups. And then over time, that could move to a new S-curve where you become... um, you know, the CFO or even the CEO of a startup, because you've given yourself an opportunity to jump to a new curve, but not just leap off without a parachute.
0: That goes to a theme that you talk about in the book, which is the concept of familiar yet novel. And I think that's really relevant to so many people these days that have this frustration and this blah about their careers, where their first instinct might just be to join the great resignation and just say, I quit. Mm -hmm. But there's some red flags with that. I mean, you're pointing out that you may, you know, maybe too big a leap doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, there's two thoughts on that. First of all, yes, I do talk about um, this idea of familiar versus novel. There was some terrific research out of Northwestern. They looked at 10 million research papers written over the course of 10 years, and they found that the ones that were most cited were the ones that have 85 to 95 percent of the sources were familiar. In the lane, usual suspect, but five to fifteen percent were novel, outside of the scope of what people would expect. And so, if you use that as an analog or as a benchmark when you're thinking about doing something new, you want it to be eighty-five to ninety-five percent familiar, and then five to fifteen percent novel. So it's familiar enough that you can get a handle on it, but it's novel enough that it surprises and delights you, and it gets your your dopamine going. So that's a good place to start.
0: And you talk about the fact that it is less difficult to take on something new if it corresponds to your identity. I mean, we have to kind of pay attention as much as we may want to change, we have to be realistic about the fact and also maybe make it our superpower, however you want to. I don't know if that's the right term, that we do have an identity that people are used to seeing and it has to still make sense. You can't, I mean, you can reinvent yourself and disrupt yourself, as you often talk about, but it also has to be in a way that people will still recognize you.
1: Right. Well, and it depends. Because sometimes, for example, there might be an identity shift that you want to make that is very important to you to make. So mm-hmm. you want to change, you know, how people perceive you as being kind versus mean. So in that case, it's an identity that you aspire to. But in this case, it's we would talk about it as being on brand, right? Is this something that people say, oh, yeah, Bobby is going to do something in the financial arena, right? You've got a new book coming up and what's it called? Financial launching
0: financial grownups,
1: right? So that's in your, that's in your lane, that identity works. But if you said, Hey, everybody, I'm going to write a book about dressage, right? Equestrian (laughs) people would be like, Whoa, okay. Not sure what to do with that. You would have to do a lot of work to get people to say, I'm still going to follow her there. And what's happening is that when you want to jump to a new S-curve, you are asking everyone else around you, in this case, a potential employer, to jump to a new S-curve as well. There's risk involved for them to do that.
0: All right, wait, I want to get to one more thing before I let you go. There's a story that just, was, I I don't know if the word magical is the right word because it's a dirty story. It's a dirty story because it has to do with the dirty jobs guy, Mike Rowe. And I just want you to share at least part of it. I know we don't have time to do all of it, but I want you to share because it just shows that sometimes it's not about, you know... It's You have to find the right sort of job and the right identity for yourself, but you also have to find the right place for it where you can monetize it and make it your career. So tell us quickly about the Mike Rose story and how he sort of had all these different jobs. He was kind of bumbling yeah. around. And on the surf- surface, I would say he was pretty successful. He was on TV and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: but. Yeah. So Micro, we all know him from Dirty Jobs. He was jumping onto a lot of S-curves. I mean, you could argue that he was a master explorer. He had job after job and he was an opera singer and he was on um, Home Shopping Network. I mean, lots of jobs. Well, he's now a radio, not a radio announcer, but he's on the evening show in San Francisco. He gets a call. He's gone to yet another winery and he gets a call from his mother and says,
0: "Winery representing another boring location to
1: him? Yeah. For him, exactly. that was boring. We yeah, would like, exactly. I would like it.
0: But for him, this was not desirable, <laughs> not a desirable reporting assignment.
1: Yeah, Okay, exactly. go on, Whitney. <laughs> well, and, and, and nor to his mother, right? So his mother calls him up and says, Hey, Mike, I think, she, I think she said, Michael, when are you going to do a job that your grandfather can be proud of? He's over 90. He's about to die. When are you going to do that? And so Mike took, this was like the call to adventure, the jump to a new S curve. He says, you know what? I'm going to go into a sewer and I'm going to film a sewer inspector. And he goes in the sewer and he has raw sewage all over him and all these roaches. (laughs) And it's on Evening Magazine in San Francisco. And he says he loved it, but the producers called him in and they fired him.
0: Right, he found his calling, but they didn't like
1: his calling. <laughs> they did not. They kicked him off the curve, but they gave him the footage, and that became the pilot for his career. It was originally called "Somebody's Got to Do It," but that became the pilot for Dirty Jobs, which arguably changed the face of reality television.
0: Oh yeah, my husband loves that. Yeah, I can't watch it, but good for them. They should enjoy it. The point being, I mean, will you tell me what is the takeaway from this? I mean, it's just. It, I love that story.
1: The the point is, is that first of all, I think he was 42. He was over 40 when this happened. And so I I think that's an important point, which is so often we think, oh, I'm in my 20s. My life is over. Well, I'm 15. My life is over. I'm 25. My life is over. My life, you know, 35. I'm like, la- your life is over. And the reality is your life is never over until it's over. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing is pay attention to your mother. Just joking, but not really. (laughs) The third thing is that um, you're going to be on a lot of S curves and many of those S curves won't be the right S curve. But if you're willing to continue to explore, you will eventually find the S curve that is the right S curve for for you. And what I have found in my own life, and I think most of your listeners will find, is you don't, most of us don't really find our calling until we're in our 30s or 40s. Yeah,
0: so much changes. So true. Mm -hmm. So true. Mm -hmm. Wonderful advice. Thank you for coming back. Where can people find out more about you and Smart Growth?
1: Well, you can go to smartgrowthbook.com to find out more about the book. Um, I have a podcast as well. So you can go to Disrupt Yourself, the podcast. As you just heard, we had Mike Rowe on and he told the story much better than I did just now. Um, So those are probably the best two places. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bobby.
0: this podcast is way too short in the case of Whitney's book. So definitely pick up a copy of Smart Growth. There were so many incredible stories. There are lots of unexpected anecdotes and stories like that micro dirty jobs one that really makes you see things in a different perspective and helps you understand that people who you think are totally set in their careers and they've always been on the right path, maybe not so much. Anyway, I also fully appreciated Whitney's mentioning of my book, Launching Financial Grownups. Thank you for all of your support. I know quite a few of you have already put in pre-orders. DM me and let me know so that I can thank you. It really does help with how booksellers will present suggestions to other potential listeners to see activity before the official release date, which by the way is March 22nd. So placing that pre-order is very appreciated. Some of you have asked me where to order among the different retailers. Where's the best place to order launching financial grownups? Well, my answer is frankly, wherever it's most convenient for you, you can find links to buy launching financial grownups on my website, Bobbyrebel.com, where there are also, by the way, full show notes with relevant links, as well as free transcripts of every episode of the Money Tips for Financial Grownups podcast. I also have one more thank you to those of you who also support this free podcast and my free newsletter through buying our merch at grownupgear.com. So I design every product personally with my incredible team member, Ashley. And yes, we do go with the highest quality materials that we can get. And that does cut our profit margins a bit. And it makes it sometimes a little bit more expensive, but not, I mean, I think it's pretty affordable. All of you have always given us major compliments on what you've gotten from Grown Up Gear, and I really appreciate that, especially if you're buying gifts, and gifts can be for yourself. I think it's really important that it be high quality, so we're gonna stick with that. But if you do want a discount on your first order, you can use the code GROWNUP to get 15% off. Thanks again for your support, and thanks again to Smart Growth author Whitney Johnson for helping us all be financial grownups. Money Tips for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media LLC. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, content creation, social media support, and show notes by Ashley Wall. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned in the show, as well as show transcripts, by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com you can also find an incredible library of hundreds of previous episodes to help you on your journey as a financial grown-up the podcast and tons of complimentary resources associated with the podcast is brought to you for free but i need to have your support in return here's how you can do that first connect with me on social media at bobbyrebell1 on instagram and Bobby Rebel on Twitter, where you can join my Money Tips for Grownups Club. Second, share this podcast on social media and tag me so I can thank you. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. And you know what? It really motivates others to subscribe. You can also support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grownup friends and treating yourself as well. And most of all, Help your friends on their journey to being financial grownups by encouraging them to subscribe to the podcast. Together, we got this. Thank you for your time and for the kind words so many of you send my way. See you next time. And thank you for supporting Money Tips for Financial Grownups.